Jordan and they score! And Jeru's got it! He deflected by Antti And the Flyers have some magic left as they win it in overtime. Voracek cutting on in. Voracek to the middle of the shot. He scores! It's time for the 5-Minute Major Podcast. Look at He scores! That's what the people came to see. Now here's your hosts, Matt Mastro Giovanni and Dave Morris. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of Five Minute Major Radio. Dave here, along with my broadcast partner in crime, Matt Mastro Giovanni. Matt, how's it going this evening? Uh, pretty well this weekend, and then the Flyers played last. And it wasn't going well. Um, so we have <laughs> a lot to unpack once again with this team, I think. Um, some good and obviously some bad from last night. Um, but, you know, it's, I guess it's really nothing new. Yeah, it sounds like the Flyers of old. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, where you saw, I mean, I guess we can get right into it, where they, they played back-to-back against Buffalo in Buffalo this past week. Weekend on Saturday and Sunday, back-to-back shutouts, which was nice. Um, yep. By both Brian Elliott and Carter Hart. Um, Carter Hart kind of calming down the haters, as we were all saying on social media after yep. his rough game in Lake Tahoe. Um, and then, well, Brian Elliott got the first shutout on Saturday, and then Hart got the second one on soon. So a good weekend, a great weekend, actually, for the Flyers against a dumpster fire of a team that are the ball. Buffalo Sabres, um, but they, they go into Pittsburgh for their first game of three games against Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh last night. The The first period was kind of like a, a feeling out process for both teams, almost like a little bit of a playoff series where you're kind of mm-hmm. seeing who would, who would kind of make the first mistake and kind of open the floodgates for the scoring. The Flyers scored, what, less than two minutes into the second period, and then... Yep. Things just went downhill from there. Yeah, it was. Um, and it, I remember actually, I, I actually went to bed last night in a bad mood because of the, what the Flyers did last night against the Penguins in that loss. Like <laughs> it was just, it was a very frustrating loss. Because Matt, you and I, we talked about this via text um, after the weekend wins. You're like, these are two wins that the Flyers can build upon. You know, they, they, these are two yeah. excellent building block games. Yeah. They're on a streak now. More than like two wins in a row. Like, keep it going. And, I mean, you have to know, if you're playing the Pittsburgh Penguins three games in a row, you're probably not mm-hmm. winning all three games. Yeah. But I didn't think they would drop this first game. Um, if anything, I thought they would drop the second game on Thursday, tomorrow night, or the game, or the matinee game mm-hmm. on Saturday afternoon. Um, and last night, like you said, you got off yeah. a good point. Um, you had Carter Hart starting in net. First period was a big feeling out process. You had lots to build off from the weekend game, like we just said, or I said just a couple seconds ago. And you're going in the second period, tied 0 0. Like, you know what? This is a good hockey game so far. You know, both teams back and forth. If for those who don't know, Sidney Crosby is on COVID protocol, so he's not playing. Mm-hmm. And fun fact time. The Pittsburgh Penguins actually have a better winning percentage throughout Crosby's career without him in the lineup than when they do have him in the lineup, which is <laughs> crazy to think. Um, I saw a lot of yeah. overconfident Flyers fans, the fact that Crosby was out of the lineup, and I'm like, that's a mistake because whenever Crosby's out, Malkin becomes like mega Malkin, and he's just almost yeah. unstoppable. But he wasn't the player who beat them last night, and that was – Kasperi Kapanen, who uh, who's he's dead to me because I loved his dad so much as a flyer. Um, <laughs> I guess last night, you know, there was a lot of last night was the perfect game for Flyers Twitter or Flyers social media in general to go off. While it was very yeah. very frustrating of a game, the overreaction mm-hmm. I saw was almost just it was just on brand. Um, granted, the defense last night was atrocious, as was the pairing of Shane Gossespierre and Ivan Provorov. The Penguins' yeah. first goal from Kapanen was because of a bad 
play by ghosts. He wouldn't even make a cross-eyes pass, cap yep. read it, stuck it, break away, off, off he goes. Um, there was another play where they were on the ice where um, two Penguins got behind them. And I saw, again, I saw a lot more Carter Hart hate last night. Last night was not Carter's fault. Even after going down by yeah. one or two goals, Carter Hart kept them in that game. He made some huge saves. Um, and you think the Flyers, the refs gave the Flyers plenty of chances on the power play. And at what point does Chuck Fletcher and and AV go, hey, Michelle, this ain't this is this just isn't working out because you had the talent there for yeah. a successful power play and it's not clicking. If you get a couple of power and the Flyers literally were given back to back power plays to start the third period in which they could have tied the game. And they did make it a one goal game at one point. And then, of course, they crumbled like blue G's right after getting scored where they got a, a go ahead goal <laughs> to make the game close. Joel Farabee last night was phenomenal. Yeah. That line of JVR, Joel Farabee mm -hmm. and Jane Van Dreamsdyke is just awesome sauce. Um, but and it's something that I'm questioning yeah. too now is. Do you break up that line to kind of spread the wealth throughout the lineup? Because all three of those guys have been playing well, no matter what line they've been on. And every line has gotten a boost with them on. Yeah. So I'm not sure what you do in regards mm. to that point. Um, Travis Konechny did return to the lineup last night from COVID protocol. So the Flyers are a full, healthy hockey team, finally. Um, and I... I was being maybe a little too critical of TK up until the third period when, when I kind of called him out and I kind of got called on it myself by one of my followers on Twitter. I'm like, hey, listen, I'm critical because, you know, if you are returning to an NHL roster to play, you need to be ready to play. Yeah. And up until the third period last night, Travis Konechny was not playing to the same level that NAK was. And that's who's and NAK is who came out of the lineup to put Travis Konechny in. Um, and I'm also, you know, while we touched on this last week, Matt, this will be my last point before I give you back the talking stick. Um, we touched on last <laughs> week's pod about how we need Nolan Patrick to really get it going because we need more from him. Even though he had four shots on goal last yeah. night and he skated well, again, you're just not getting enough from him. And you've, they've tried putting him on wing on the second line with Hayes and G I'm not sure what's doing it. And at this point, like Nolan, if you're not going to show up and put out the, what we know you can do, you got to sit. So Matt, I will pose you this question as I hand you back the talking stick. Is it time to help um, Nolan Patrick? Just because in a shortened season, like, like we have this year, you need every player contributing mm -hmm. in some positive way every night. He was not good in the weekend series against the Buffalo Sabres and he only had four shots on goal last night. Does he earn a health bomb? Uh, um, I would say I could see it happening, but like I guess it's tough when he's like when he's on. He's obviously on, but he's just been like so. I mean, I guess not entirely invisible, but just, just a lot like. A lotly invisible, invisible. If that's that's not obviously not a word, but you know what I mean. Where, um, like you said, it's it's time for him to get going. Um, we're just about what almost halfway through the season already, and I mean he's he hasn't done much to prove that. Like, yes, it's obviously good that he's healthy as a human being, but it's also like you've had a few games now to get your sea legs back, and to kind of regroup here. And I mean, we need to see more, like you said. And then, I mean, it's just, I think it's the same for everyone, really, where, like, I just expected more from the Flyers last night after that strong weekend with the back-to-back -back mm -hmm. shutouts where, like, like we've said before, this team needs to build on, on their wins. And, again, with the shortened season, every game is going to be more and more important going down the stretch because, I mean, the, the Eastern Division especially, there's, what, maybe five or six playoff teams and only four of them are going to make it. Um, hopefully the Flyers will be one games but it's just like you you hate, hate to see it's almost like the the one step forward two steps back for the flyers where you see two games against a team like buffalo yes buffalo is 
isn't the best team, but you have both your goalies post shutouts. You have, have like you go, you're on the road first of all. Granted, there's no fans, but it's like you're you're getting you're stealing quote unquote two road games. But it's like yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously beating the Sabres into it because they're the Sabres and they've obviously had problems of their own this season. But it's just one of those things where you want to see the Flyers like. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, and that was also a little bit of a worry going into the weekend where it was like, all right, like the Sabres suck right now. Like, let's not hope the Flyers play down to them as they've done to teams in the past who are Mm -hmm. legitimately worse than the Flyers. So it's like, like, again, I I just, I understand that things happen. Again, like Letter Kenny, it's hockey. Sometimes you get speed bag, but like, Carter Hart, man, he's just, like, I was thinking about this last night, like, of a quote I could say about him getting left out the dry, and I mean, you basically might as well just put him on the clothesline, because he is getting hung out the dry, um, and, like, it's just crazy that, yeah, like, he's obviously, he's a good goalie, and he's had, had rough nights, but I, I honestly can't even blame any goals on him last night, where we saw, what, at least two turnovers that led to goals for the Penguins, um what um i'm trying to think the the aggressive goalie pull by vigno where the flyers don't even get the puck deep in the offensive zone and mike mathis Mathis, of all people scores from like a third like like two i just like i feel bad for this kid because he's doing all that he can and he literally let's see his team had four the flyers had 42 shots on goal and only managed to muster two goals while the penguins had 27 shots and it's just it's crazy where it's like it's like ea sports the ice tilt um yep but we're not gonna get into that <laughs> um but the flyers like there just needs to be more of a there needs to be more of a continuous effort from this team where it's like you need to just like i said the the momentum from game to game needs to transfer over better you can't like you can't keep having these defensive breakdowns all the time like it's like it's literally embarrassing almost. Where it's like you have two opposing players in front of your goalie behind your defense. What do you think is going to happen? Or, or like, there's it's again. We saw so many breakdowns where, where like, yes, clunkers are going to happen every so often. But I feel like again, they're happening too often for the Flyers against teams that they shouldn't. Um, and it's just it's just tough because. Uh, like I said, this this team again. Like I've said before, I feel like there's so many broken record instances this season. There's no killer instinct again. Like I said, where the Flyers could the Flyers scored first last night. You're in Pittsburgh. It's the first time there's been fans in Pittsburgh in the stands for what over a year. Um, mm-hmm. Give the Yinger there's something to be disappointed about with their first live hockey game um, in a while, in a long time. But it's like there's. There's no, like, the Flyers are not a team where it's like they get ahead in the game and then they kind of, not to be, like, gruesome here, but they don't they don't step on other teams' throats and, like, just completely just shut them down. Mm-hmm. Like, and we've seen that with just, I, I mean, the Flyers are a good team, but they sure haven't shown it. Um, I think, like, like you said before, too, before we, we move on here for a little bit, but the uh, breaking up the the JVR Couturier and Farabee line, I think, is a good idea because hopefully that'll kind of their. I sound like it sounds like a fairy tale here, where like their spark will spark everyone else. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean, it's just crazy. Like between the power play, the defense, and the complete like lack of scoring. Like, I mean, there's some, something got to change, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it's healthy scratching. It's just I think the team overall just needs to be better yeah and it's it's um crazy and typical couple things to touch on the penguins are eight and one on home ice this year like they know for some reason they do not lose at ppg ppg paints arena this season um their record they're actually under 500 on the road but at home they seem to always win um and of course in typical flyer of fashion the first time we faced the penguins with Traitor Ron Hextall as their GM, the Penguins win, and Mark Friedman, who the Penguins claimed <laughs> off a of waivers from the Flyers, has an assist 
is a plus two and actually looked pretty impressive last night. And I'm thinking in my head, where the hell was this play when you were on the Flyers? What the hell? Again, it it happens again. An ex-Flyer all of a sudden gonna, yeah. just blo- like blossoms whenever he plays the Flyers. And it's like, this is just typical. It's what we expect. Yep. It's almost like apathetic at this point. And then, yeah, you know, well, like we touched on the team, you know, they're a good team, but they haven't shown it yet. They are. They're getting produced. They're getting production. James Van Riemsdyk's got 26 points in 19 games. Joel Farabee has 19 points in 19 games. Kevin Hayes has 16 and 19. Claude Drew's got 14 and 17. Even Voracek's got 13 and 16. And Coots, he's above a point per game. He's got 12 points in nine, in nine games played this season. So the production's there. They just really, really, really yeah. need to work on the defense and also mm-hmm. play the same way that they play in front of Brian Elliott in front of Carter Hart. And I don't know why. They're yeah. play- you can. It's noticeable, the difference between the teams when you have Moosinet and uh-huh. when Hart's in. And that's not acceptable. And last night's yeah. game really proved a point that up until last night, Ghosts and Provorov worked as a pair. And the rest of the defense, the second pairing was decent, and the third pairing's been in. But last night really, really proved that Chuck Fletcher needs to go out and make a trade to improve this defense. He was brought to Philadelphia because Ron Hextall would not do that. He would not improve the NHL product on the ice. Chuck, your nickname's two trades. Live up to it. And I've seen a lot. There's been a lot of rumors (laughs) floating around Flyer social media that one Matthias Eckholm from the Nashville Predators is up for grabs. And I don't know about you, but adding Ekholm to this defense with pairing with Provorov sounds pretty good to me. Um, but I want to pose a question to you, Matt. Ian Age trade for Ekholm, because lately today I saw a lot of well, trade mm-hmm. proposals. I saw some that seemed reasonable, and I saw one that I went, wow, that's really, really, really an overpayment. Ideally, if I were to trade for Ekholm, I do realize that you're going to have to, Nashville is going to have to want a higher-end prospect, and a current good NHL player. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking, like, I saw a trade today that included Voracek and included um, Igor Zamula, a first-round pick, and Travis Konechny. Um, You also did have Philip Forsberg that's coming back in that trade. And I'm like, that's a lot for Matthias Ekholm and Philip Forsberg. I'm just only, we don't need Philip Forsberg. We have plenty of offense. We need defense. Yeah. So if I'm personally, if I'm trading for Ekholm, I'm giving up a first-round pick, whether it be this year or next year. I'll toss in a second-round pick next year. And I'll give you, you know what, I'll give you one of, you know, Igor Zamula, Cam York, Wade Allison, Tanner Lazinski, like a top prospect. I'll give you one of those. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe it, you do throw in, you know, a Travis Konechny. Or, you know, another player or an NAK, someone similar to them. Nashville's not going to take on a player like James Van Riemsdyk or Jake Voracek because of their cap hit. It's just not feasible. Mm. It's not. Well, you might want it because then it alleviates the Flyers on their cap hit. Nashville's not going to do that. So, yeah. Matt, if you were a G- go- put yourself in be a GM mode in NHL <laughs> right now. If you're trading for Matias at home, what are you sending to Nashville that you think that they'll accept? It's tough, man. Because I think the biggest factor, aside from the cap, is, is the draft in July. Mm-hmm. I believe it's July. Um, because if they get, if the Preds do get uh, like an NHLer, they have to decide if they're going to keep him um protected like that i mean i don't even know who the predators would protect at this point just because they might be like big sellers come the trade deadline i think the trade deadline is april 12th yeah Um, it's coming up so i mean we might we're gonna start seeing yeah we're gonna start seeing things ramp up the next few weeks here um it's just it's tough because i think like yeah i think the flyers definitely will end up giving up a top prospect probably a defensive prospect which which ideally, I guess, would be Zamula because he's a defenseman, correct? Yeah, and me personally, on um, my personal standards, I've seen Zamula play a lot more than Cam York. 
Um, even though while Cam York was pretty good at Roll Juniors, I'd personally keep Zamula and trade York. Yeah. Um, mm. But that's really if you, if you get one and you keep the other, it's it's fine by my standards. At, at this yeah. point, like Matt, we've talked. So about I guess it. you could kind of like. I'm I'm just real quick. My point is, we're in win now mode, so do what's necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think. Um, like you said, Hextall got the boot just for this kind of type of reason where he, he was unwilling to make those win now trades where it's like, it's like, dude, like we're literally tired of waiting. Like the team has been mediocre f- for over a decade, ever since they made the Stanley Cup run in 2010. Um, like we have heart, like everyone knows the story, obviously, but I think Fletcher has to be a little bit of a, uh, aggressive in the market where it's like, yo, like, like you said, Dave, we want to win a Stanley Cup. Hopefully within the next what three or four seasons, maybe. Um, if this team can get its act together and again start playing on a consistent basis, but yeah, I think I guess you can kind of interchange either Cam York or Igor Zamula just because the Predators, like their their entire team, I think is at least their defensive core is probably getting older. Because um, obviously Yossi, their top defenseman, um, Ryan Ellis just got hurt. He's out for I think at least five or six weeks now. Um, Eckholm has obviously been talked about for trading for the trading block and that's the other thing too I think it's also tricky where knowing the Flyers the way that Eckholm like could be drawing attention is it's not just going to be the Flyers that are going to be in the mix here oh, no. for yeah. a trade so it's like it's, uh, it's, it's such a multifaceted thing where it's like the Flyers have been talked about I think as one of the main landing spots but then you like it's just crazy. I think, like you said, I agree with the fact that we're going to have to give up a prospect, ideally a defensive prospect for Nashville's sake, Um, and then I would say at least a first or second round pick, maybe even like a current roster player, I guess, because that's the other thing, too, that the Flyers will also have to make that decision on who they want to protect for the expansion draft. There's obviously those two combinations of who you can protect, but if you you can get some for a guy as opposed to losing him for nothing that would obviously be the more ideal situation is that if you can offload a Voracek or I'll pose another question to you here too um based off how he's played so far this season do you think JVR has earned his protection from the Kraken I think at this point you know what while I've been I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I've been seeing it's been a hot topic discussion on Twitter.com in the past couple weeks here. I think at this point, <laughs> JVR, he's now how old is he? He's like 30, 31, 32. He's 31. And he's making, you know, seven plus million dollars. Um yeah. I personally think even though while he's playing well now. You 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 save the protection spot and you protect a younger player just because of his age and his cap hit. While I love JVR and he's off to the best start in his entire NHL career. Like this is this is amazing. You know, this is what I thought we were getting in JVR yeah. when I was in high school when we drafted him. I was like, oh cool, second overall pick. You know, he's gonna be a, a superstar. Like this is what I thought the production <laughs> would get yeah. out of him finally, and we're getting it now on his second stint with the team. Um, and at age 31, not in his NHL prime. So you, I think you save yeah. you save that protection slot on players who are in their prime and are part of the, your younger core that you're going to, you know, that you're going to win now with. And then you do leave, personally. I expose JVR and Jake Voracek. While I love both players, even though Voracek has me blocked on Twitter like every other Flyers fan, while I love both players... They make a lot of money. This is a salary cap yeah. league. It's too much. Yeah. And Seattle is going to need players like JVR or Voracek to want to help them get to the cap floor and score some goals and get some points. So I personally have decided that I am, while I love what JVR is doing, you leave them unprotected. And if Seattle takes them, Seattle takes them. Now, that being said, if they don't take them, cool beans. I'm happy. But... <laughs> if they do take them, enjoy Washington. I heard it's lovely. I love Seattle. Want to? I want to get there someday. 
But then that's seven million bucks yeah. off the books, which you just love. Because <laughs> you've got there are some contracts coming up. You know, the Flyers, let me pull up Cat Friendly again. I don't know why I closed it down. I should never do that because Cat Friendly is like the best site ever. Um, you know, their UFA class this year is it's it's pretty decent. You know, um, you've got Travis Sanheim's a restricted free agent. So he's due for a new deal. You already mm. gave him his bridge deal last contract. So now he's probably going to want to get a little bit of yeah. a pay grade. You have Eric Gustafson, mm. unrestricted free agent. Don't think he's staying around. And then no. you've got both of your goalies. Carter Hart, this is the last year on his ELC. He's only mm. making 730K against the cap. He's getting a pay raise. And you've got Brian Elliott. So you got to <laughs> figure out a backup, a backup goalie. Do I think Elliott's maybe back here? He's 35. You think he's back here next year? Probably not. But the fact that you got to sign Carter Hart and Travis Sanheim and then see what other free agents you can attract to come to Philadelphia, you know, you really got to hope yeah. and pray that one of JPR or Voracek gets taken by Seattle. Not because you want to see them go, but because they literally mm-hmm. have to go. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation. Because, like, I guess as much as I hate to say this, and obviously it's no offense to him personally, but it's, like, you kind of want to, like, kind of get, like, to be better constantly because I feel like he could definitely factor into an Ekholm deal um, in form or even, like, attract a team like the Kraken where if they need a young defenseman who needs a change of scenery, that could just help him um then hey maybe they take ghost um what's up what what defense Uh, was it you broke up there a little bit oh ghost uh ghost oh ghost that that would be interesting um that 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 is an interesting cookie to crumble there my friend i'm not sure if nashville would want to take him i mean he makes four and a half mil it's not a bad contract by any means, but if they're looking to yeah. embrace the tank and you know try and get a best pick as possible to start rebuilding, I don't know if you bring in a player like Shane Gossespierre. I mean, you never know, but if I'm Nashville, I'm not looking yeah. to add a player like him right now. Yeah. <laughs> I think we can, like, everyone is going to do this um, where it's like we're just going to try and figure out what the hell Fletcher's going to do um and i'm sure there's going to be people that are going to be pleased if, if something does happen pleased with the deal or pissed off or somewhere in between but i do think like we've said before earlier this uh this episode the flyers definitely need to do something to address that that veteran defenseman issue um because i mean you have a guy like gustafson i mean braun is yeah braun is a mainstay on the roster he's usually the third pair with haig um but like gustafson i like I don't know. Uh, the whole, like, it's tough because I personally think the whole, like, a guy coming in, in and out of the lineup for someone playing bad one game and then sitting the next, how does that help with chemistry at all? Like, you, like it's one of those things where, yeah, you want to jumble lines to get people going or switch around pairs. But to what degree does that keep messing with everything on a constant basis where it's like something, like some. Sometimes you just have to let things kind of shake out and guys might just start to play well together if you mm-hmm. don't break them up. So it's like if you're playing with different people every game, I don't see how that can really help any consistency. Yeah, and I, I feel like, too, AV hasn't found that, like, perfect lineup yet. Like, you, yeah. you've seen him try different things. Like, you, you've struck goal with the JVR, Coots, Faraby line, but then the yeah. rest of your offense is, is, is yeah. lacked a little bit because of that. Um, I think, you know, at one point, a good line, G and Hayes have been a good fit together. They just need to find that winger and Travis connect need to get some shifts with him in that third period when Nolan Patrick got demoted down to the third and fourth line that could work. Um, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a, the ever changing line juggle and deep pairing juggle happens all the time. Well, we NHL. saw it with what well, I mean, like going off of like Farabee as an individual being, being, like having the season he's having like we saw him earlier in the season the first two games against Pittsburgh where he was on the line with uh what Giroux and Hayes and they were 
but like they were absolutely buzzing. buzzing. Like so, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm hoping that it's like this. It's like people think where breaking up the line of Couturier, Farabee, and yeah, it'll suck because obviously the line is like clicking very well. But you need that again. You need that spark for the rest of your offense. Where if you have these guys that are having good seasons individually and they're all doing well as a line you hope that breaking up breaking up that line and these guys continue their individual efforts that they make everyone else better in turn and they get the offense kind of the flyers have kind of obviously stalled out every so often offensively but i mean it's just you just need more consistency where you can't you can't win two games against a team like buffalo and then kind of let an egg in Pittsburgh. I mean, they have two more games against Pittsburgh coming up tomorrow night, Saturday afternoon, and then you have what? You have four games in the next week against Washington, Buffalo, and then two more against Washington. Things don't get any easier yeah. from here. And like I said, it just it doesn't help at all that the season is so short. Where like you lose a game, you you go on, you even go on a two game skid like that. One of those two point games could be the difference between you making the playoffs or not. Yeah, and so right now... They're, the Flyers... I'm saying right now, ahead. Matt, the, the division's so close. Um, I got the standings up here. You know, yeah. they're, they're tied with Pittsburgh right now for fourth in the, in the division with 25 points. They had the tiebreaker, one, because they won more head-to-head games, and two, just because they play less games. They're only, mm-hmm. they're only one point behind Boston for third. Who is who's taken a bit of a skid lately? The Boston Bruins, and then you got the New York Islanders and the Washington yeah. Capitals tied for first place at twenty eight points. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really down to the wire. I don't think the Rangers, the Devils, or the Sabers are going to come in here and inter and intervene at all with playoff hopes. You know, one of Washington, <laughs> the Islanders, Boston, the Flyers, the Penguins is going to miss the playoffs, and it's going to be by like one point or a tiebreaker. Yep. So it's like every point yeah. matters. So your point spot on. You can't, you can't, you can't literally lay the hammer down the, on the Buffalo Sabers and then go play the Penguins and do what they did last night. So yep. your my fingers are really crossed for two wins tomorrow night and and you know <laughs> tomorrow night and Saturday. Like they really they need it. You know it, if they do yeah. lose, find a damn way to get the game to overtime. Because you need the point. So I think it's there's there's really no excuses at this point, too. Because yeah, they went through the whole COVID outbreak, which lasted a few days. So obviously they were they were playing with a a less than ideal. But it's like now that you have everyone back and everyone's healthy, let's get it going. Like I mean, th- we know what this team can do. We saw it yeah. last year. Exactly. It's just crazy. Where like they again, they need. They they've they've needed to do this for a while now, but they they need to find that next gear where they literally like I said they get a, they get a lead on a team or even if they they need to find that killer instinct and they need to find that, that resiliency where yes if you go down by a goal or even two goals you don't just lay down, you you fight back you you claw your way back into things I mean yeah the power play has been their kryptonite where they went over five last night. Um, I don't know, like, what you really do to kind of fix that. I think that just kind of has to hopefully fix itself sooner than later. But you can't, you can't go over five on power plays every night. Like, that's not going to help because if, if you lose games by one or two goals and you have four or five power plays, that's going to be your culprit right there. Or there's, again, there's the defensive goals breakdowns they, they can't happen. Yeah. Yep. The def- Defensive breakdowns, they can't happen nearly as often as they are. I mean, like, hell, Provorov was a minus four last night. Like, it's just, I don't know. They're, like, the the whole, like, feeling out process of the whole no preseason, like, they're coming in cold, all that stuff. Like, at this point, you've had more than enough time to get used to everything. Um, And, I mean, this is usually, it's it's March. Like, this is usually that, quote-unquote, March to the playoffs, where they are usually playing the playoffs next month. So it's like mm-hmm. I would almost use this as that same type of thing, where yeah, it's obviously the season will go into the early to mid summer if they make it that far um, to the playoffs 
initially. Again, they just needed, like, literally, you could. they literally just need to kick it in the ass. Like, yeah. play better in front of Hart, play better. Uh, offense somehow needs, and the power play needs to start clicking. It's literally those four things, and this <laughs> it'll be like, well, hell, it'll be like Thanos with the gaunt, like the <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet, where, like, these, the four, they're basically missing those four quote-unquote infinity stones where the power play stone the better defense stone the offensive uh domination stone and the killer instinct stone you get those bad boys in the gauntlet that they have now the flyers are going to be a dangerous team one might say they would they they would be inevitable but you know what they say dread it run from it destiny still hopefully the flyers destiny come sooner than later because i don't want to keep talking about like it's just i you gotta feel so bad for carter hart where his numbers just completely don't reflect how he's played this season they look where, like the kid is literally just getting yeah like the kid's literally just getting like if if you're getting like what the flyers are getting they think they have the worst shot differential in the league and like hart is just made out to look like he sucks like but it's the team in front of him that is sucking yeah and it's it really sucks because carter hart's numbers look really bad they're not representative of how he's played this year and it's got to the point now where you're seeing hockey media members who are canadian ask the question of all right well who's going to be our starting goalie for the for the olympic games and you've heard a couple people say oh well at first you thought carrie price and carter hart and now people are mm. go, and now people are starting to question that, and that sucks. And um, yeah. what really kind of hurt today too was, for some reason, uh, today of all days, FlyersTwitter.com decided to start posting highlights from the twenty, from the twenty eleven twenty twelve season, you know, from the two thousand ten season, from the two thousand twelve season. You now you're seeing highlights of a young mm-hmm. Giroux, of Danny Briere, Wayne Simmons, Chris Pronger. And you're like, man, I remember watching those games and having fun watching Flyers games. And this year, yeah. it's like it's been that roller coaster of like I'm having fun or I'm apathetic. And mm. like we, we already had, yeah, we had like, our fun no... years, then we had a whole oh, bunch of apathetic years, and now this year's like we're not sure what we're gonna be yet. <laughs> it's like just pick one. Let me have a feeling. Yep. I don't want to be oh, like. I feel almost embarrassed for how confident I was in this team going into this season. I mean, you heard it with mm-hmm. the podcast and Hokey. I said they would be a president's trophy contender. Woof. <laughs> like, what a bad team. Unless they win the rest of their games, they probably won't be. I mean, if they do that, hell yeah. I'll be, a, I'll be the happiest Flyers fan on planet Earth if they do that. That, that would be impressive. That would be yeah. you know, fairy tale shit. But I'm just like, I'm so tired of this team not addressing the same problems every freaking season and then having to come on here and you and I go, well, the Flyers lost and let me go to the book of why they lost because of, oh, reasons one, two, and three. And that's what we've been doing. It's just so, like... So, so, so frustrating. And I don't want to talk in circles because I feel like if I just keep on talking, I'm just going to I'm gonna be like a dog chasing his tail. Yeah. Ugh. But so obviously we we know what's wrong with this team. Everyone else knows what's wrong with this team. Hopefully the team knows what's wrong with the team. But um, just I hope can go from here. We've, we've touched on everything. I think we yeah. Yeah. And hopefully those needs get addressed in some way, shape or form, because if not, uh, things are going to get ugly like they have in the past. But like we said before, the Flyers play Pittsburgh two more times um, in this MLB-type series, the three-game series, where obviously they lost last night. They have two more shots at redemption tomorrow night and Saturday afternoon, uh, both in Pittsburgh. And then looking at the week ahead here quick again, and we have the we have a back-to-back this weekend where they are Saturday afternoon in Pittsburgh against the Penguins. Sunday night at seven o'clock, which we can touch on here. Um, the there will be in the stands at Wells Fargo Center for the first time in 
over, I want to say, actually, I want to say a little bit under a year. I think the last time there were fans at the Wells Fargo Center was March 2020. Yeah, it was last March. I think it was against the Bruins, and they mm-hmm. the, the Flyers lost. So, um, oh, yeah, because that, that was the game that ended their, not, was it nine-game win streak? Yep. Yeah. So, it's definitely exciting that there will be fans in the stands again the flyers twitter account completely on point where they tweeted out we can't wait for everyone to yell shoot again on the power play um i've been doing that from my house because the flyers again there's another add that to the flyers problems <laughs> bingo where they don't shoot the puck enough um but having fans i believe there will be 3100 people total in the arena which does count the i believe it's both teams Obviously, the coaching um, arena workers and fans. So I think they'll probably be. I'm not a math guy, but I don't know. Two thousand fans, maybe a little bit more. Yeah, it sounds about right. So it's just because that's capacity. Yeah, that's that's that capacity. That's you know that percentage caps capacity wise, and you're seeing more and more yeah. COVID restrictions getting lifted every day by the government. So we're on the up and up again. And at least we live in a smart state, not yeah. like those morons in Texas, but that's a whole other story. Um, you know, yeah, it's just I nice. I thought SpongeBob would be so accurate. <laughs> it's just nice to see that we have fans in the stands again. I personally don't feel safe going to an NHL game in an indoor arena until mm-hmm. I'm personally vaccinated. Um but once I'm vaccinated, you know, yeah, sign me up. But I'm not paying what ticket resellers are offering the tickets at right now. I'm seeing people selling groups of four tickets in the upper level for over seven hundred dollars, and I'm just thinking, you are crazy. No one's paying that. Um, so people yeah. need to calm down. <laughs> uh, no one's going to buy your seats for that much. I've sat on the glass for much less than that. So. If you're any season yeah. ticket holder who's listening to this podcast and you're trying to resell your tickets, just sell them sell them at normal value. Don't try and rip off people because that's what you're doing right now. So and that's coming from an ex-ticket holder. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, but I, I mean, honestly, I'm just waiting to be able to tailgate again. Dude, I would totally... I would if 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 they allow tailgating, I would tell you, like, find a way to get, like, a TV set up down there. And tailgate the game in the parking lot. Yeah. Well, even like, um, like if it's not nice out, obviously with the weather, like Xfinity Live, like they obviously have that big screen outside. Um, but and that's another thing too. I think the Phillies are gonna have. I think it's eighty-eight hundred fans. Yeah. Um, yep. In stands because I mean Citizens Bank Park is obviously, an, like not an arena, so there's no roof. Um, and I think that holds just over. I think, between forty five and forty seven thousand. Yeah. So I mean eighty eight hundred is kind of like a drop in the bucket for them, but it obviously it'll still be the Phillies sort of spring training camp. They have their own they have their own problems they've faced these <laughs> yeah, past the few years. Dude. It's good because that's obviously it's one it's one step closer to baseball again in Philadelphia. But again, the Phillies we're not a Phillies podcast, but we could definitely put a, a good episode together about the problems the Phillies have had. Um Hey man, it's just it's good to see that obviously uh, um, the the COVID stuff is kind of finally getting solved, I guess for lack of yeah. better terms, where there's more vaccines getting rolled out. We're seeing sports kind of come to life again, fan wise. It's probably going to be what sixty dollars prize at a beer at the Wells Fargo Center now. So I mean, I guess I just have to start saving all my pennies. Which I've been doing because there's been a, a coin shortage throughout all this, but we'll see what happens. I'm I'm like you, where I think I wouldn't be comfortable going to a game if I I, I probably would want at least my first dose of the vaccine just to get a little defense in there, which the Flyers need to do. Good segue. Um, it's just yeah. I mean, it's it's a timely timely process. It's a process. Um, we're talking about all Philly sports teams now because trust the process. The Sixers, but um, yeah, just trust the process. Um, definitely sometimes I don't trust the process with the flyers, but I think we're getting away from ourselves now. Um, before we go around the league, Dave, Dave, shall we take an ad break? That sounds like an excellent idea. So with that, 
We'll be right back here at 5-Minute Major Radio. And we are back at 5-Minute Major Radio. Matt, why don't you take us around the league? Not too much to address this evening, I don't think. No, I think we, we only have a handful of things, which is good. Usually I'm um, just trying to pick out the the, no, the news and noteworthy things from around the league. But uh, our first topic tonight, we have um, a surprising um, surprising news. I don't know what I was trying to say there. There, but um, Minnesota Wild forward Zach Parise is a healthy scratch for the first time in his nine seasons with the Minnesota Wild um, when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Um, he was quoted saying, it was disappointing, and I don't agree with the decision. Not sure I'm going to look back on it and say it was a wake-up call, but maybe I can use the rest to my advantage and be ready when we come back. Parise was on the ice when the Wild. Wild allowed the tying goal to the Golden Knights with 42 seconds left in the third period of a 5-4 overtime loss on Monday night. His final shift lasted a minute 33 seconds, and he said he was trying to help teammate Marcus Foligno, who scored two goals, get his first NHL hat trick. It looks like from the he said they ended up getting the puck, and I saw Foligno change on the back check, and I didn't think it would be a good idea for me to change too, so I stayed out there unfortunately it was i guess the ultimate backfire that they end up tying the game um so it just seems like a, a little bit of bad luck on his final shift and i guess that was just kind of the the tipping point for him getting health bombed as they say um for, for tonight's game but uh, what am i trying to say here oh but wild coach i honestly didn't even know the name of their coach until now <laughs> bad radio um but, but their head coach dean evanson um he told parisi on two that he would be scratched as a result of that shift. I guess that was the the only tipping point. Uh, saying we watched every scoring chance, we watched every goal against. We have a scoring chance chart in the room, and we designate responsibility positively and negatively in those chances. And we provide a clip to the player and teach. Uh, that goal was no different. You have to teach it off of it the same way as we do in every other one. But I guess it's just a, a teaching moment for Parise. And we've seen this with other players too, um, as as vets, where it's a it's a it's a definitely. Oof, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. It's definitely a surprise to see these things happen. It does kind of usually kick start these guys into playing better. So, Dave, before I just completely go off track here with how bad I'm t- talking right now, what are your thoughts on Parise getting healthy scratched? Uh, it's a bit of a surprising. Uh, move to happen for the Wild, considering he's a big part of their core. But everyone needs to sit at some point. You know, if you're not performing well, you deserve the seat, especially if you're a pro athlete. So um, maybe it'll get him in the right. Maybe it's the kick in the can he needs. Um, but I really think taking him out of the lineup does really, really affect the Wild's chances of winning because besides Parise and Kaprizov, who really is scoring for them? So. I don't know, yeah. Minnesota. Good luck with that well, one. Well, Felino had two goals the other night. Yeah, but Marcus, can, you can't you can't depend on Marcus Felino to be like that every night. That's not the player he is usually. So, well, it's yeah, a good game, and it's nice for him true. to have one of those nights. He's just not that good of a player. So, and Minnesota has yeah. Minnesota has way too many of those guys. We're like, oh, they're going to have good nights, but they're just not that good anymore. That's like I feel like their whole like almost their whole roster, besides Kaprizov. Who's yeah. probably going to be rookie of the year? So, yeah, yeah, he's we been unreal see. so far. Um, speaking of rookies, um, we can touch on this quickly. We almost had one of, if not the best, first ever NHL goals the other night with Trevor Zegras um, attempting the the Michigan the lacrosse move mm-hmm. uh, against the Blues. I think it was. Um, yep. He was playing his first game with the Ducks. Was it his first? No. No, it was, it was one like of his second or third games. game. Sorry. Yeah, but uh, he did attempt it, and I think Bennington was in net for the Blues. He no, saved it, was it Bill, but, Billy man, Houston. that would be a... Uh, oh, all right. Because it was, it was after... It but, was St. Louis's game after Bennington's little temper tantrum. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, Zegris, obviously... Uh, a guy to look out for. Definitely good to see him in the NHL getting his his due. Um, the guy's an animal. We saw what he did in the World Juniors. He was just completely unreal. So the Ducks have a great player in him. But moving on here, 
to Montreal. A little bit more trouble for the Canadians. Um, as we know, we talked about this last week where they fired head coach, former head coach Claude Julian and assistant coach Kirk Muller. Um, but there was also another axing. Is that, is that even a word? Axing? Firing? Axing? Um, last, yeah, I think so. Last night. We'll go. We'll go with it. Um, yeah. But I'm trying to find my... So... Where is... Oh. So I think... Yeah. During the second... Following the second period. In the middle of the game on Tuesday night, which... Last... Yeah. No. Let's say Thursday or Wednesday. I'm so so confused on my days here anyway um today's today's wednesday so last night there we go now we're back on track um last night the canadians won against the ottawa senators but following the second period the goaltending coach uh i believe it's sorry stefan if i'm pronouncing your name wrong um but stefan wait was fired um yeah he was fired by the canadians um and replaced with Sean Burke, the new director of goaltending. Well, he's but, not a goalie coach. He's the director of goaltending. And apparently the, yeah. there, there's a difference. Just so you know, Mastro. Apparently there's a difference. I got to start I gotta start working on making my own position to get on a team here, I guess. Director but, um, of podcasting anyway. forecasting. That doesn't make any sense. Director of telling people to yell shoot on the power play. Excellent. I'd hire. I, I would hire you tomorrow. I'll get get my resume started. But anyway, back to the article. <laughs> um, Carey Price, obviously being the goaltender that he is, being the number one guy for Montreal. Um, it, there were rumblings that the team didn't even tell him, um, or they told him later than obviously he would have liked to be told. But he did say he was he, he is eager to get working on simplifying things with Sean Burke, the new goaltending whatever that does um <laughs> price was quoted after practice earlier today saying it's surprising obviously it's an unfortunate part of the business it's just about moving forward i'm grateful for the time that i spent with steph he's been a hard-working dedicated goalie coach and i really appreciate all that work he's done with us right now it's a quick turnaround and we don't have a lot of time to dwell on things it's all about regrouping and getting the work done and start bonding quickly with burke i've spoken Spoken with Sean, I don't doubt it's going to be very quick. Uh, Wait, the the now former goaltending coach, won the Stanley Cup as as the goaltending coach with the Chicago Blackhawks in 2010, boo, and had worked with Price since joining the Canadiens on July 4th, 2013. Um, And then some stats for you here. In 385 regular season games under Wait as the coach, Price was 209. 137 and 38 with a 2.46 GAA, a .919 save percentage, and had 29 shutouts. Also in the Stanley playoffs, he was 21 and 19 with a 2.10 GAA, was against average, and a .926 save percentage with four shutouts. Um, I think it just it's it's one of those things where I think it's just gone with the theme of, of the Canadians being that, like we said last week, the Jekyll and Hyde team that they've been after they had a good start to the season a great start to the season and they have just been struggling lately so i think uh mark burger van again as our our guy ra on chicklets like to say um just shaking things up a little bit yeah definitely and i feel like he's he's trying to do everything he can to try and get this canadians team going because like we had like we addressed last week the bar got set way too high for the Montreal Canadiens after their performance in the bubble. They're just not a good hockey team. It's just it's that's just the truth. Um, you know, while they did kill it with bringing in you know Toffoli and Anderson and Joel Edmondson, they were good offseason additions. You know, just it, it's not good enough. The fact that they don't have experience down center ice, their defense outside of Weber and Romanov mm-hmm. had, and Petrie hasn't been that good. And Carey Price right now is playing like a league average goalie. You know, the Montreal Canadiens, at their best, they need Carey Price being Vesna-like, and he hasn't been that. And um, yeah. Yas Perry Kakanyemi's taking a step back this season. Just They've got a lot of problems in Montreal, and you, I think you have to wonder, Mark Bergman probably knows that his job's on the line here, so he's doing whatever he can to try and get this team to wake up and get going. Um, but I just think, you know what, he might just run his course. 
you know, because I really don't think this Montreal Canadian team is as good as what everyone gave thought that they were. Like, like I said last week. So, Stefan Waits, an excellent goalie coach. He will get another job somewhere. Someone will hire him. Just he had been there for so many years, and at a certain point, players start turning out coaches, no matter how good their relationship is. So, it's really just it is what it is. It, it sucks, I and mean, it's another bad thing to happen in Montreal lately. But with how they played mm. the Flyers and all the media shit show that they caused in the first round, cough cough, the Brandon Gallagher uh, incident with Matt Niskanen, um, I really don't feel sorry for them at all. So suck on it, Habs. Well said. Um, but moving on here, we go from Montreal to Chicago, the Windy City, um, where Patrick Kane hit a milestone the other day and was also named one of the four stars of the month uh, um, of February for the NHL. Uh, to quote from the article from NHL.com, he led the NHL with 17 assists and 20 points in 13 games to power the Blackhawks to a 9-3-1 record for the month of February. Kane, who faced all forwards in average time, found the score sheet in 10 of his 13 appearances, including a pair of four-point performances, as well as a trio of three-point outings. That was it. I was going to read something in parentheses, but that doesn't make sense. Anyway, he capped the month of February by scoring his 400th NHL goal on February 28th, the last day, versus the Detroit Red Wings, becoming the 100th player in league history and ninth-born U.S. American player to reach zone. Uh, he's 32 years old from Buffalo, New York. He sits four appearances shy of the 1,000-game plateau. Uh, which ranks second in the NHL with 11. Wait, what is... Hold on a second. But, yeah. I don't know what this is trying to say here. But he's four games shy of the 1,000-game mark, so he's going to hit that this, this month, obviously. But, Dave, your thoughts on Kane hitting the 400-milestone? And I guess you can say he's definitely one of the... one of the best um, American-born players of all time. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, he has had a bit of a checkered past with some uh, instances, instances involving some courts, which we won't get into. Yes. Um, he's still one hell of a hockey player. He is one of the best uh, American-born players of all time. I still think, personally, um, Mike Madano is the greatest U.S.-born player ever. I don't think anyone's going to surpass him. Kane might statistically. Um but I just told, you know, growing up watching Madonna play, he's got that special place in my heart, just watching what he did for American hockey players. Um, but yeah. Kane, you know, 400 goals. Fun fact, is, he shares the same birthday as me. That is a fun fact. That's a great birthday. <laughs> um, but just seeing what Kane's done, obviously, you kind of wish the draft lottery went maybe a different way. Than it. Not, not to say that I don't love JVR, um, but, you know, you couldn't – if you're looking to draft the team and you have a choice between Patrick Kane or JVR, I think you're taking Patrick Kane every time just because of what he yeah. can do. He is a literally, he is a franchise player. Yeah. Um, and he literally is probably one of the only reasons he is, if not the only reason he is one of the main reasons as to why the Chicago Blackhawks are even in playoff hunt right now, because of how he's literally taking the team and gone, Oh, well get aboard. You're hopping on my back. So, um, it's impressive. <laughs> you know, he's only one of 10 players to hit 400 goals ever in the league's history. So that's mm-hmm. impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's definitely a hockey hall of famer. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. The, the championships he's won, yeah. the points he's put up, you know, he's probably going to play a, a thousand plus games and have a thousand plus points. You know, that's, that's hockey royalty there. So congrats to Kaner. Wish, wish he was an orange and black. Wish he might have had a yeah. checkered pass with with law enforcement at times, but hell of a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> yep, well said. Uh, congrats, Kane, on your your 400th goal, and uh, I guess we can congratulate you now because there probably be four games within the next week for the Blackhawks. Um, not sure if you do reach the the thousand game mark before we record again. Congrats on that, Kane. But I'm gonna moving look at the stats on here, right now. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I'm waiting for NHL.com to load. Oh, all right. Here we go. Hold on. Here we go. So, 
This season currently, he's got 34 points in 23 games played. It's not bad. In his career, he's actually already broken the 1,000-point plateau. He's played 996 games, so he's four games away from his 1,000th game, and he has 1,056 points. 400 goals, 656 assists. Not too shabby. That's pretty decent. That's, that's pretty decent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but again, con- congratulations to Kane, milestone. That being said, we can actually, I'll run through the scoreboard here quick for tonight. Only six games around the league tonight with a couple of party in progress. The Washington Capitals and Boston Bruins tied at one apiece um, with the latter stages of the third period going on now. Looks about nine and a half minutes left left in the game there. Um, The Toronto Maple Leafs absolutely was its first game back. It's his first game back in Boston. Yep. There we go. Actually, I'm curious, are there, again, bad radio on my part, but are there fans at? I don't think so. Not yet in Massachusetts. I'm not sure. I want to say no. Uh, um, but a nice little homecoming for Shar. I'm sure he knows his way around that arena uh, just fine. Maybe not the away away side, though. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he went into the home locker room um, by accident. <laughs> um, that would. But um, like I was saying, the Toronto Maple Leafs sticking it to the Oilers. Um, I believe it's in Toronto. No, it's in, in Edmonton. Edmonton. It looks like um, it's. But it's 4 nothing Maple Leafs um, with about seven and a half minutes left in the second period. I think the Oilers have had their struggles of late um, with Dreisaitl and McDavid kind of going a little cold here. Yeah, tell me about it. I've got McDavid on my fancy team. He's really, really, really dropped the ball for me lately. <laughs> Connor, I'm going to need you to do more. But, uh, yeah, McDavid and Dreisaitl have kind of gone into a scoring slump, and uh, Mike Smith has lost whatever – um invincibility stone he was holding because when he came back this year for the for the Oilers Seattle was like a 940 save percentage it was ridiculous yeah. and he had like two shutouts he was playing lights out and well that's gone so <laughs> um you know the Edmonton's just they're uh, an interesting team yeah yeah we could definitely go into them a lot more but moving on we have the St. Louis Blues taking on the Ducks at 9.30. Uh, that's just about to get started here. Uh, the Minnesota Wild taking on the Vegas Golden Knights at 10 o'clock. Also, the Arizona Coyotes taking on the LA Kings at 10 o'clock. And the latest game at 10.30, we have the Colorado Avalanche against the San Jose Sharks. Actually, I think the Sharks broke out there. They're not the reverse retros, but they're the Heritage jerseys from yes. the – are they from the 90s? Yeah, and they're equally as nice. But they are, they, they are... broke those out the other night. Yep, and Patrick Marlowe has now worn them. He's now that was the jersey he wore in his rookie year, and he's worn the jersey twice on different Heritage nights. He wore them once when um, the NHL still used the Reebok as their main uniform supplier, and now he's using them with Adidas. So he's worn his rookie jersey as a Heritage jersey twice now, which is kind of cool. For Mr. San Jose Shark there. Yeah, that's cool. And those jerseys are sweet. Um, but that was good to see them bring those back. Jersey Watch gets a double thumbs up from me. Um, but, but we also have one more thing quick here for around the league before we end things tonight. Um, don't know if you caught this yesterday, Dave, but we do have something nice to say about the Penguins for once. Um, with fans being back in PPG Paints Arena last Last night, the Penguins did do something uh, very classy for us to quote from the NHL.com article here. It's not often a Philadelphia Flyers player gets a warm welcome at PPG Paints Arena, but it is understandable why Oscar Lindblom would be the exception. Uh, The forward was playing his first game in Pittsburgh against the rival Penguins since he was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma back in December of 2019. Um, The same day, March 2nd in 1993, the Penguins, Legend Mario Lemieux heard of him. Uh, made his return from battering, battering, battling Hodgkin's lymphoma. Uh, Lemieux's return came on the road, coincidentally in Philadelphia against the Flyers. Um, and he also 
also received back in the day a very warm welcome back as just being obviously healthy as a human being and just being the the legend that he was at the time and will be forever as a hockey player. But on Tuesday, the Penguins put the anniversary of Lemieux's return up on the scoreboard before also segueing to Lindblom's first game back in Pittsburgh. And Lindblom did receive a nice ovation from the crowd and stick taps from both clubs as a welcome back. So um, a good little heartwarming moment there for Lindblom. And uh, don't say this often, but good on you, Pittsburgh. Yeah, good props to Penguins and, and to those Yinzers out there. Now, just wear your masks properly, please. I saw way too many of you, of Yins guys, not wearing your masks properly on TV there. Um, but really just a good moment. It, it, you know, cancer and human beings' lives is one of those things where it, it's it's above being good human beings and being decent and nice to people and then being yeah. assholes as competing sports fans against each other. So... It was a good move by the Penguins, and it was a good move by by Ian's guys out there, out there in the Berg. So, uh, I'll, I'll take it, Pittsburgh fans. I appreciate your notion of of niceness. It's not something we normally get or give to each other. So, I'll shake on it. Good, good game. Agreed. But uh, with that being said, that's for around the league tonight, Dave. Uh, um, if you want to wrap things up for us this week, then go ahead. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thanks to everyone as your listens for always. Uh, we, we will be back next week. Um, I believe we'll be back next Wednesday again. Who knows? Our lives are so crazy right now. It's the world we live in. Yeah. Like, it's already it's already March already. St. Patty's Day will be up here before we know it. I'm getting married in two months. It's already where, where, March Where's again. time going? So, yeah. I'm I'm re- personally ready to. Drink all the Guinness I can on St. Patty's Day. What 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 a what a great day to be Irish. Um, but other than that, hopefully the Flyers can <laughs> rebound here, get two wins against the Penguins coming up. Hopefully, because they got a big week next week, lots of games against the Capitals and mm-hmm. one against the Sabers. So at least you know you have one win in there. Sorry, Buffalo I had to make the joke. Um, but yeah, like I said, we will be back yeah, next week hopefully. with a new podcast. Everyone, stay safe, stay healthy. Better times are ahead. Vaccines are coming. And let's go Flyers.